Welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. This podcast helps you discover wealth is more than just money. It consists of several empowering components that make up wealth in your personal and business life. Now, hey, here's your host, day, Paul Lawrence Van. Hope Vann. you're doing great. Again, I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Van, host of Wealth Academy podcast. And today we're going to discuss some things that are going to be really uh, for your advantage. And of course, it involves different ways uh, in terms of how uh, you can build your wealth. I'll cover maybe, I don't know, maybe 10. And uh, the reason why is because we're at the beginning of 2021. And it's a great time of the year to really put your financial foundation into place. So I hope whatever you're doing, you're doing great. Remember, you can listen to all of my podcasts at on Apple Podcasts. Just go out and look for Wealth Academy Podcast. Wealth is more than just money. In addition to that, you can also view it on the podcast site, which is www.wealthacademypodcast.com. And by doing this, you won't miss any episodes. They're a combination of solo broadcasts that I've provided, solo episodes, guest expert episodes, coaching episodes, and very soon there'll be uh, really a great uh, guest host that will also be a part of the show. And I'm working on that right now. But I hope that you're doing great as this week is progressing on. And again, I'm going to cover about 10 ways in which you can uh, build your wealth. And uh, of course, it's very essential to accomplish a variety of goals in your life, both short-term and long-term, whether you have children that are going to college or retiring, whatever it may be. But some of these will help. And I'll have additional episodes that will also follow up with this. So let's get started. And the first thing that we want to consider is to invest early and often. And what this means is, is that the sooner you start investing in yourself financially, the better off you're going to be in the future. And uh, well, the future is not guaranteed, at least if you're saving money, you won't leave your family uh, holding a lot of debt, but rather you want to leave some legacy wealth for them. So uh, when we look at let's say people between the age of 25 to 34, a lot of them really weren't, aren't investing because they're really trying to just keep up if they have student loans, uh, they plan for a mortgage, a vehicle, wh whatever it may be. And with uh, COVID-19, it could be some medical costs as well. So uh, one of the things to do uh, is to start getting in the game, get off the sidelines. So uh, it doesn't matter how much money you have, how much you invest. The fact is the most important thing that you are investing and don't be fearful of losing money in market downturns. Or if, um, if you find it complicated, you can always get a financial planner and you can also uh, go to an investment firm or a bank. Many banks have uh, people who work with uh, stocks with investing to help your por portfolio as well. So uh, it's time to get it started. Let's say, use an example. Uh, let's say if you have, you're 21 years old, you invest $100 a month towards retirement. And by the time you have uh, reached age 67, and let's say the average return is 8% per year. Uh, so increasing the contribution, 
uh, as an investor, you would have had uh, $524,000. But using the same example, if you started at age 30, you would have maybe half of that, about 254,000 under the same conditions of that being 21 years of age, investing 100 a month towards retirement and an average return of 8%. So if you started 10 years later, you would only have about 254,000. And in many ways, that's still a lot because some people don't uh, put away money for retirement at all. So uh, the first thing that we wanna do uh, and it makes just sound fundamental um, sense is to invest early and to invest often. Another aspect of, let's say, when you're investing, and recently I had an investment expert uh, on one of the coaching sessions, and um, he was stating that uh, what's most important is that people have the money work for them. In other words, if you have money and it's just sitting in a regular account, where it may be better if you invested some of that money, even in real estate or invested in stock. But let's take stock as an example. Uh, one of the things that you want to do is to be able to control the amount of fees that are taken out. So keep the investment costs low. And uh, what I mean by this is, uh, let's say, for example, if you pay for mutual funds or exchange traded funds, uh, your returns and your costs will compound, but it could have a major impact on your portfolio over the long term. And as an example, let's say if you invested $10,000 in an actively managed large company with U.S. stock stock funds, they typically charge, let's say, a rate of about one, a little bit over 1% of assets for the annual expenses. And so the, the category average and if you held it for 30 years, assuming that it earns 8%, and we're just using that as a ballpark, the annualized return, it would grow to nearly 74,000. So over a period of 30 years, 10,000 would, would grow to over 74,000. And you would have paid more than 10,000 in fees, which is quite a bit. But if you plunk down 10,000 into, let's say, a Vanguard S&P 500, uh, it tracks the, the broad U.S. stock market and charges about 0.3% of expenses. So over that same 30-year period of time, you would end up with $100,000 with an investment of 10. And using the same assumptions, uh, you would have a best 8% annualized return over uh, 30 years. Uh, you would have only spent, you would have $100,000. And that, but the expenses would have only been $365 in fees. So you see there's a marked difference. So it's very important is to keep literally a cap on the amount of investment uh, costs uh, that you incur. And then something else to consider is uh, to keep costs down is to buy stocks when the market declines. And of course, we know that's easier said than done, however, um, there's a strategy known as dollar cost averaging, which can help. This is something I did a lot when I worked with uh, uh, the Air Force, in addition to mobile oil company and accounting firms. That's pretty much what they use. And let's say uh, your 401k plan, if you're buying more shares when prices are down and fewer when they're up, the practice lowers your average price per share over time and provides a disciplined way to buy low. So uh, we have to keep our emotions out of stocks because when we see things going 
you're losing money, there's a propensity to want to take it out, sell, and, and keep what's left if at best. But the bottom line is, is to ensure that um, we keep those investment costs low. There's more in our pocket, the better off life will be. So number three is to diversify your investments. Uh, and that's something that was covered in a recent coaching uh, session also with uh, Dr. Davis. And so uh, the bottom line is there's always a bull market somewhere. And that's kind of just a saying out there. So uh, by spreading your investments across a diverse array of assets, it boosts your chance of capitalizing on the booming corners of the market. And of course, we know they can shift drastically from year to year. So uh, if we take a look at uh, diversifying stock, um, U.S. stocks typically are the big winners. They were the big winners in 2019, and it gave a return of 31%. However, in 2018, uh, you'd have done best by holding cash. And the year before that, emerging market stocks reigned. So spreading your bets mean you're less susceptible to a sharp drawdown in any one type of investment. So in other words, we looked at things from a, a industry standpoint, oil and gas, the business I used to be in, defense, uh, it could be entertainment, it could be transportation, whatever that area. If you put them all, your eggs in all, all in one basket, then you, on average, you're gonna lose. But if you spread it out, different industries are impacted and different, by different um, amounts of hurdles that they have to go through are the quicksands, what we call it. So uh, the reason diversification works is that you're including investment that you're not correlated to one another. Uh, so when one investment does well, another will act differently. So as a result, a diversified portfolio is likely to lag any investment that's going gangbusters, but will hold up when that investment slides. And that, that would yield uh, smoother results over time. So that was number three. We want to diversify your investment. So let's look at number four. Uh, it's age, invest age appropriately. So when we look at different uh, asset allocations, we want to look at how your portfolio is divided uh, or, or yeah, divided up into stocks, bonds, and cash. And it's a key driver of long-term performance. So what we have to figure out, you and I, as we talk to the financial planner with their help, is to figure out the right mix. And it depends large on your time horizon and your ability to tolerate risk. And we are very risk averse. So we want to win. We don't want to lose. But sometimes we're going to lose. So the younger you are, the more risks you can take because you have time to make up any losses. And if you're in your 20s or 30s, a portfolio that is 80% to 90% invested in stocks is fine. But in your 40s and 50s, you may need more balance with a portfolio of, say, 25% to 40% bonds and the remainder in stock. And as you get closer to retirement, the shift continues. So money you need in, in less than five years should be invested in less risky uh, things such as bonds or cash. So uh, go out there, uh, start early. The earlier we start, the better. Uh, you can be a little bit more risky and uh, when you're younger because you can actually make up for it over time. And I won't reference any or recommend any stock or mutual funds, anything that you should invest in because 
Uh, I'm not in that business of, um, and I have a disclaimer in terms of recommending stock to anyone because uh, what happens, you go out there investing and you say, well, Coach Paul told me I should invest in this. Coach Paul is not telling you that. I'm just giving you the content and the content rich information that to help you to make better decisions as you get you a financial planner or go to an investment firm or to a bank to get them to help you. So uh, that's really uh, what we're talking about there and uh, invest age appropriately. It makes sense. Uh, the next thing is don't spend more than you earn. Oh my goodness, this is a good one because typically what happens is once we go out and we get our first job, we need to get a, a residence, whether it's an apartment or a house. We also uh, wanna get some transportation if we were not living in the city with a bus or a subway. And so uh, creating a budget and sticking to it, it really positions uh, you for success and many other uh, components of your wealth plan, uh, such as saving for retirement and buying a home, for example. And if you feel comfortable with how much you spend and save, you need to put together a financial plan. See how you're gonna address your money. And then a common misconception is that budgeting is only for people who are struggling to make ends meet. However, that's not true. It's actually uh, the wealthiest people are the people who are actually on a tight budget because they know exactly what they have and they know that they can grow their wealth uh, by being disciplined and committed to the process. And um, so basically what happens, a household feel wealthier and being better able to achieve its goal if it's plans and it monitors its spending. And so I think that's a really great way to do it. So uh, if you choose where to allocate your monthly spending and it's in line with what's important to you, then the word budget turn, may turn you off, but think of it as a spending plan. And that, that gives you a little bit better understanding of exactly uh, what is taking place. And um, people who go out and spend spontaneously uh, without even planning on spending, they're in a lot of trouble because there are a lot of things that we all want but it's not necessarily what we all need. So I think it's very important uh, to have a spending plan. So the next thing, and that of course was number five, let's go to number six. And number six is a manage your debt. Here we go. Now this right here is gonna really get you going. Um, so one of the things is that we can do our best to avoid carrying a balance on a credit card. Uh, in some cases, yes, in some cases, no. And of course, interest rates average nearly 17% and can be much higher in some cases. So you could easily pay hundreds or even thousands of dollars extra on a big purchase. So if you already have a high rate credit card debt, it's usually smart to focus on paying it off before you tackle debts with lower rates or those that may come with tax deductions on the interest, such as a student loan or mortgage. So uh, one of the things to uh, distinguish is the types of debt can actually help you get ahead financially and how to get rid of those that you don't. So we can look at, uh, consider good debt and bad debt. And that's something that we can all research. So transferring or, or refinancing debt can help you trim interest. Some credit cards charge no interest for a year, year or more are on balance transfers. So uh, they're, some good reasons right there to uh, really give consideration to managing your debt. 
that was number six. Number seven to prioritize savings. Oh, that really touched the nerve right there because um, we like to spend. We're in a consumer economy and uh, we are marketed to in all forms and fashions, social media, uh, magazines, newspaper, television, radio, podcasts, you name it. Uh, we're uh, even billboards and airplanes flying over the beach. You know, they're, everybody's uh, advertising and marketing something. So if you have cash to fall back on an emergency such as job loss or large unexpected expenses, you won't have to rack up debt or jeopardize your retirement saving by withdrawing from your 401k or IRA. So uh, oftentimes we call this an emergency fund so we can stash at least three to six months worth of living expenses in a savings account. Some online banking usually offers the highest interest rates on savings account and some with no minimum balance requirements or monthly fees. So one of the best ways to uh, give saving the, the um, a good once over is to deserve it, is to desires it to automate it. So as you build your emergency fund, arrange for regular payments that comes directly through direct deposit and then a certain percentage goes into your uh, savings account. So you can do it weekly or monthly uh, from, from your checking account to your savings account. And you can have the money automatically pour from checking into your brokerage or IRA account. So one of, one of the biggest advantages of an employer-sponsored retirement plan, such as a 401k, is that your employer deducts your contributions <clears throat> excuse me, from your paycheck. So it's gone before you miss it. So that's a good thing. It's there, but it's not there. All right, so let's take a look at number eight, and that's to build up your credit. Uh, I think this is important because you don't want to be in a situation where you're just applying for credit cards when you really need it uh, at a certain time. And sometimes we, we do need a card. We're going more cashless uh, society where so much that uh, the coins, dollars, and cents are coming scarce because they've been held uh, up with the bank and through the treasury as we go to a more uh, crypto type environment. So a healthy uh, credit history opens the door to the best interest rates on loans, lower insurance premiums and the ability to rent an apartment or give a, get a, a wireless phone plan. And uh, one of the things you do, which I've talked about on a recent uh, episode is evaluate your credit worthiness. And so companies such as FICO and Vantage Score, they calculate a credit score based on information with the credit report. So generally, uh, when we look at a credit score of about 750 uh, on a regular scale of 300 to 850, it qualifies you for the best loan terms. And you can push your credit score into the upper tier by following a few basic rules, pay all your bills on time, use a low percentage of the credit available to you on your credit cards, the lower the better, of course, and then try to stay uh, below about 20% on the percentage of credit card debt that you have, as opposed to 30. It just gives you a better um, uh, credit card score. So uh, if you pay off the balance in full every month, the rewards credit card can be a smart way to earn cash back or points put towards savings or travel to or to cover uh, credit card uh, purchases. So that's uh, always a really good one. I really like that one because uh, building up credit is, is always a good time. And then protecting your identity. How many times have we seen on television or read about, uh, seen a documentary about uh, identity theft? 
And it can be difficult and time consuming to clean it up if you leave it unchecked. So it, it also put uh, some pain on your wallet because uh, if a crook nabs your social security number, they may apply for credit, seek medical uh, care, rent an apartment, or file a tax return in your name uh, to get a refund. And this happens uh, on a frequent basis. Back in 2011, uh, there were over 10,000 people who were hacked on their tax returns. And um, as someone was able to get the credit card number and they went out charging. And so when people are impacted by this, what happens is that each year the uh, Internal Revenue Service sends out a number, a specific number unique to an individual who had been hacked. And uh, that way they'd be able to file the taxes without recurring hacking taking place. So take care of that information because it's so important. And now number 10 is to save enough for retirement. Here we go. Uh, so the ability to retire comfortably with very little worry uh, that you run out of money is a primary motivator to build wealth during your working years. And of course, the amount that you'll need to save depends on the age you expect to retire and the lifestyle you want to have in retirement and how much you may receive from sources such as a pension or social security benefits and more. And so um, one of the things uh, to consider is uh, if you have access to an employer-sponsored retirement plan, such as a 401k or 403b, and that's usually the best, best place to start saving. And it's just taken directly out of your pay each period. And over time, you'll save. So this is very important. And I'm going to uh, really uh, almost complete this. I want to have one last thing I want to say. If you're self-employed, you're an entrepreneur, you don't want to overlook retirement accounts designed for you. So if you have no employers or other than a spouse, a solo 401 allows you to contribute as both the employer and the employee. So for 2020, you can put in up to 19,500 for the employee share if you're younger than 50 and extra 6,500. So if you're 50 or older, plus 20% of your net self-employment income as the employer and total contributions are capped at 57,000 for those younger than 50 or 63,500 if you're 50 or older. And if you have employees, an alternative is a simplified um, employee pension or a SEP IRA. Uh, you can put 57,000 in or 20% of your net self-employment income, whichever is less. So um, one of the things that I look at is um, how one can go about retiring comfortably. And uh, the best way is to start early. And if you switch companies, which people typically do, then you can roll over that, uh, that IRA or account over to the new employee, employer rather, and you won't lose any benefits whatsoever. So that's what I wanted to cover today. And I'm going to come back uh, in another episode and provide even more. But today we started out by looking at ways to build your wealth uh, and it's to invest early and often. Uh, also to keep investment costs low, to diversify your investments, Invest age appropriately. Don't spend more than you earn. Wow, that hurt. <laughs> and uh, manage your debt. Number six, number seven, 
prioritize your saving. Then number eight, uh, what we want to do is build your credit. Number nine is to protect your identity. And number 10, save enough for retirement. And uh, this ends this particular episode here. And uh, it's going to go a long way in terms of helping you to really think through in the early part of 2021. And uh, what I have to say now is to uh, go out there and uh, take a look at some of the programs that I offer uh, on a virtual platform, one being uh, Mind Over Money, which is a digital course. It provides some financial intelligence, uh, money mindset um, considerations for you. And it's a five module uh, uh, program, digital program. And I think it will really uh, benefit you because it covered many of the things that I just talked about. And then I have a Mind Over Money intensive program, which is a 21-day coaching program. It includes hot seats in addition to a peer accountability group on Facebook and then a one-on-one strategy session with me. And then lastly, I have my premium program, which is a Mind Over Money champion. And it's a program that helps people to get out of debt to also generate wealth and then start working strong on legacy wealth. I'm your host, Paul Lawrence Van. Again, you can uh, listen to this uh, episode and all the others at www.wealthacademypodcast.com. And uh, you can also email me at info at paulvanspeaks.com. Have a great day. And as I always say, my time is up and I thank you for yours. And I'm definitely going to see you on the next episode of Wealth Academy Podcast. It's always a joy to be with you. And uh, I see you on the next episode. I have a lot of great uh, guest experts coming up and more coaching sessions. So uh, let your friends, family, and colleagues know all about it. Thank you for Again, listening. I'm your host, Paul you will Lons find Vance. the show notes for links Take to care. everything that was mentioned. You will find the show notes on my landing page. Subscribe to the Wealth Academy podcast. Rate or review the podcast on iTunes. 